episode of Between the Bites. My name's Derek. Our subject matter expert, James Fair, is frequently a guest on other podcasts, and this episode is a repost of one of his guest appearances. We'll post the links to the original podcast channel in the episode description. Hope you enjoy the show. presence. This show, we talk about everything that has to do with social media and technology. We're actually going to get some technology stuff today. Our goal is trying to provide content for you that'll help you do business better. Uh, I am Mark Galvin, your host. This show is produced by ePresence, and we're thrilled you are here today. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We've got tons of content out there that you may find very interesting. We'd love for you to subscribe. So if you have not run across our channel in the past, we would love for you to pop in, hit that subscribe button so you know when we go live and you can send us chats uh, in our, just drop it right in the chat box on whatever platform you're on. It'll pop up right on our screen and we can get, throw it, uh, serve it up to our guest if you will. So today, what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about cl the cloud and cybersecurity. We're gonna get into business hardware, the do's and don'ts of business hardware, and securing your remote teams, because we know that is happening all day long, every day. So uh, I think that you'll find that today is a great show. Who is our guest? Our guest is James Fair with Executech. He has 35 years of experience in the IT industry. He's got 30 years of experience in leadership within the IT industry. Started as an entry-level technician. He moved all the way up into a senior VP level at an IT firm. Today, he teaches other IT professionals and leaders how to be their best. He creates high-performance teams through people-first focused leadership. So we are awfully thrilled that James is here today. If he says anything that you're interested in, go ahead and send us a question. Right in the page that you're on, just plug it right there in the chat box and we will pass it on to uh, James to see if he can answer that question for you. If you're joining us from anywhere, we'd love for you to share where you're joining us from. Just drop in the city, state, or country. That'd be great. And we'd love for you to join us that way. Well, enough about all this fun stuff. Let's see if we can find James out there and have him join us. James, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Mark. Thank you for the invitation. I'm honored to be here. Outstanding. Well, I am thrilled you are here today. You and I had a great conversation before the show about all the IT tech that stuff that's out there. You understand all this, but it's not necessarily exactly what you do, so to speak. So what do you do and why do you do it? <laughs> what do I do? A uh, couple things I do that I'm, I'm really passionate about. I love teaching new leaders. That is so exciting for me to help people become, you know, better leaders, bit better uh, managers for their teams. I have a belief that if I can create a, a better leader or help someone be better, then they're going to be better for their teams and their team members are going to be happier. And they're going to go home and create more happiness in their family. So it's kind of a ripple effect. Uh, so I'm really big on teaching leaders how to be new leaders. I, when I started leadership, there was no, there was no manual. There was no instruction guide, right? I just had to wing it for the last 30 years. So I'm going to take the 30 years of experience and share that with people and help them shortcut a lot of this, the trouble and, and tribulations that I had to go through to get there. And then, oh, that's of course, awesome. I'm in, thank you. Uh, and of course, I'm in IT. You know, a big part of what I do is, is IT. So 
Uh, I love to help organizations prepare themselves for uh, hopefully it never happens, but some eventuality, right? Some worst case scenarios, uh, prepare themselves against attacks. Um, oh, big, just, right? Especially these days. Yeah, these days, unfortunately, it's a big part of what we do. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish that were not true. I wish I could put those folks out of business, but that's really the, yeah, that's what, that's what I love to do. That is so cool. Now, I think what's interesting here is, uh, here's a good example today. There is a certainly a concern if I was sitting in the Ukraine that my business may be attacked, right? So I do think that there's a little bit of interesting things going on there in uh, that part of the world. So, you know, what there's a there's a few things that I've got actually here that I'd love to throw at you. And a lot of it has to do with the cloud, right? There's a lot of businesses doing businesses and business in the cloud. We're doing it, as a matter of fact, in the cloud. Not only do we manage social media, which is, of course, in the cloud, yeah. but all of our operational uh, systems are in the cloud. Is it a concern when, you know, can I say this? I mean, honestly, I, hey, it's it's with a service. So let's say it's with Google Docs. I'll get all my stuff with Google. Aren't they protecting my data? And if they're not, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm not in a uh, bad spot, so to speak? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So there are kind of two, two schools of thoughts of this, right? We've got the kind of older school thought, which is I've got my server in my office. I know where it is. I, I can secure it. Um, and I, I'm taking care of that thing. It's not some right. mystery server in the cloud. The flip side of that is that now I have to worry about internet and power and uh, upgrading the thing and making sure it doesn't go down and all these other uh, challenges we're going to run into having our own physical server. Uh, we right. have seen organizations that are no longer around because of fire, flood, theft, and things like that. So moving stuff to the cloud has some huge advantages, there's no doubt. Uh, we can spin up resources on the fly, right? We can we can add things to it. We can remove things from to it. We can turn it off at night if we're not using it. So we can, a lot, a lot of control. And, you know, they've this is some big cloud c- company. So they've got duplicate power, they've got duplicate internet or, you know, triple, quadruple, how many, you know, however many. So if something goes down, even worst case scenario, if that whole area goes down, they'll automatically shift your server to a new environment. So right. it's very seamless to you. You'll never see anything. And if you think about it, I mean, Google, Microsoft, you know, Amazon, these folks, they don't want to be hit in the cloud. They don't want people's stuff to go down. Because if it did, it's going to look bad on them. They're going to lose billions of dollars in revenue. So they are spending. Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Isn't there, and they have resources that yeah. if if there's a center that starts to, they sort of have some sort of, and they see the data before we do, they know, okay, this center's having some problems. Can't they shift resources better Absolutely. than I could, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. On the fly, you'll never even notice it as the user. You may experience a, a slight pause, but what happened is your entire server got shifted to, an, to a whole new environment. And you're right. never going to know it. Yep. And these folks, yep. they're going to spend millions on security to make sure that that platform stays as secure as possible. Right. Now, that being said, most of the time we are syncing files like, let's say, Google Drive or, or OneDrive or something like a tool like that. We're syncing files between your desktop machine and the cloud. So yep. if your desktop gets infected, you're going to copy those infected files to the cloud. And it's going to overwrite whatever is there. So, you know, despite the fact that we feel more confident, there's this big backing by some large organizations doing this, we still want to make sure we're backing stuff up 
even though it's in the cloud. I know people are like, oh, it's in the cloud. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I recommend backing up your stuff in the cloud because if you end up inadvertently overriding that data, they don't keep multiple copies of it for you in most environments. Good. So. Good. So a big thing here is it, it, it just a quick recap is to have a local something that's backing up your stuff. You know, can I say syncing? Is that the right word? Syncing something yeah. locally? All yeah. right. And even though, you know, so here's here's something I do like and I find solace in this. Maybe I shouldn't. And that is that, uh, you know, I, I so I have a local drive and it automatically syncs with the yep. cloud drive of the service that I use. And so it appears, and I can actually see it's a little icon on the bottom of my screen. It shows that it's syncing to the cloud. But I should also have that data copied on a local backup drive, right? Well, in this case, you've got multiple copies. But so what happened if, if your local copy got infected? So worst case scenario, you get attacked, a file gets corrupted or changed, that change gets written to your cloud drive. Now both of them are corrupted. So yeah, some additional level of protection is, is unfortunately necessary. All right, cool. Is there, should I ever be worried that um, my files could get attacked on the cloud? So do they provide, do these services typically provide some sort of level of protection so that someone who's trying to attack the cloud, i.e. my data in the cloud, are they, do they provide some sort of protection there? Yeah, that's a tough question. I'm going to say yeah. yes and no. So let's take Azure, for example, a Microsoft server you can go spin up. I can do a dumb things. Azure, is that really what it's called? Yeah, Azure? Well, yeah Azure, A-Z-U-R-E. Yeah, that's All right, cool. It's like AWS. It's Microsoft's uh, version of virtual machines you can spin up in the cloud. Okay, and good. Just like my server in the office, I can set it up badly. I can set it up in a way that would be open for attacks, right? And I can certainly yeah. do the same thing in the cloud. So unless you've got someone, you know, the staff and resources to, to appropriately secure that thing, um, you can you could certainly create a condition where it could be attacked. Yes. Now, overall, they're protecting the platform. Absolutely. And they're watching against things like that. And they're gonna do their best to prevent you from doing silly things. But okay, uh, it is not bulletproof because you can shoot yourself in, in the foot. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so what's an example, and there's probably lots of these, but give me an example of what someone could do as a mistake, setting it up, you say setting it up poorly. Yeah. What are the, what are one of those things that, uh, that people could screw up on? Well, I mean, there are some obvious ones, like we could not change the administrator password. We could leave things as defaults, right? Um, in the case of, and I know we're going to get to this a bit later, but firewalls. Firewalls are are a big part of what we do. It's it's the it's the single level of, of protection between the rest of the internet, i.e. the attackers, and our right. environment. And you set up firewalls, whether it's on the cloud or you're on your you know in your office on premise, it's going to be the same thing. You want to set up a firewall, and you could end up inadvertently opening up. We call them holes in the firewall. You could allow traffic from the external world into your internal world if you didn't set up the firewall correctly. So um, let's jump to firewalls. Okay. And that is, you're right, That's uh, it, it's on our list of stuff to talk about. What is a firewall, first of all? So a firewall is, um, let's see, I had to put this. A, a firewall is, consider it like, you know, some kind of a barrier between all those attackers in, out there on the internet, right? The entire internet is all plugged together. So good people, bad people, everybody all together out there in this giant world. And 
you plug into the internet with your device, your office, your home network, whatever it is. Now, everyone out there has access to some degree to your network or can at least see you now on the internet. Right. We want to protect, that's where we want to put the, the first level of protection. And the, to some degree, the strongest level of protection is there because whatever the attackers, you know, there, there's these bad guys out there who are out there scanning this, this giant worldwide, you know, internet looking for people who've set things up wrong. So our firewall then will block things like scans. It'll prevent them from being able to reach inside your network. Um, it really blocks incoming traffic from the outside world. It's, it's probably the it. first step. Advanced firewalls, so what we call DPI or deep packet inspection, get a little in the weeds here. Uh, this is good. Next gen firewalls, they will actually take every packet that comes from that outside world, pull it apart, look inside, make sure the contents are not malicious, and then send it on its way if they're not. So those are particularly important, and I recommend those for every office environment. DPI. I've never heard that before. Deep packet <laughs> inspection. Yep. Uh, sweet. This. Um, so, all right. So many teams are working remote today. So many people are working remote. It is not out of the ordinary to see that. Yeah. If one of my team members is using Comcast, I think I, I think you and I talked about, you know, service. So I am with AT&T. They've got a modem. You're working, right. you're with Comcast. I think you told me. Yep. So the modems, and they're still called modems, right? Even though they're not they necessarily are, yeah. connected to the internet. Okay. Or uh, phone lines. I used to think modems right. were only phone lines, but they're not. So a modem translates the information that's coming across whatever device it may be, a, a phone line or a fiber optic cable or a cable line yep. and converts it to data that we can use. Is that what the purpose of a modem? Yeah, essentially that, that really is it. It's going to convert from your coax cable into ethernet. Got it. And those services come with, or that modem from Comcast comes with a, um, a firewall. You know, they and they and all, a lot of them are promoted. We have great security. Sure. Should we depend exclusively on that firewall? No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, it is a firewall. It, I will agree. Right. And it and uh, like my Comcast modem has, uh, and it's it's actually a router and a firewall, so it's it's a multi-purpose unit. But we typically call it a modem. Um, okay. It has four levels of security settings I can set. Right, none at all, a little bit, medium, and high. Um, and but that's pretty that's a pretty big switch, right? There's not a whole lot of granular control there. Um, right. It's certainly they are certainly not deep packet inspection type firewall. So it is not going in there looking at the packets, make sure there's no viruses there, and sending them on its way. So you know, for the home network, your average user, sure, it's going to be okay. It's not ideal, but it is okay. But for okay. any kind of corporate environment, it is not sufficient in any way whatsoever. Interesting. And it's really because of the exposure that comes with that, right? Because what we're talking about is, all right, the home network, I guess the thing that's most, what you're trying to protect on your home network is potential personal financial information. Um, do they still, you know, what was the thing that they used to use local servers to store data and they were doing it all over these homes? That What is that called? That was a, there was a ship attached to that. And that's what... Um, the early, what was the early, early music trading site like called Napster and Napster? That not what that Napster <laughs> did. They used to store everybody's music on everybody's different computers, and you had to give 
rights to them to do that. That sounds really scary, but <laughs> today, I can't imagine that happening today. But I, I, I mean, it still goes on today. Oh yeah, it still oh goes gosh. on. There's no doubt about it. So, but in a business, you have your your revenue is is attached to data, and so you've yeah. got to make sure you're protecting that. All right, so here we go. Everybody's working from home in an organization and, you know, and maybe they've decided to do it full time or a lot of people, a lot of companies are doing this. They have landing pads for companies, for their employees. They come in and they land two days a week. What is what should I do as a company owner for those associates of mine that are working from home the three days a week? Yeah to secure their uh, their firewall on their modem. I need to step it up. I need to get a DPI on there. Um, how, is there a way to do that on my own or is the only way to do it is to call a firm like yours? Um, that's kind of a, a catch 52. Yeah, I, I hate to I, put it that way, but no, no, that's okay. I'd love your thoughts. <laughs> so in most environments, it's not gonna make sense for you to purchase every, a firewall for everyone's home, home network. As much as I would okay. love organizations to do that, it's probably not feasible. So a couple different options. Um, most instead set up VPN connections or virtual private networks. Good. With a okay. secure connection from my desktop machine that I'm or my laptop machine that hopefully you've provided me. I I, I believe that all organizations should provide the hardware that people use. So it's okay. separate from the from the home device that's used by the the kids or you know the spouse that kind of thing. Um, and that sets up a a secure tunnel between that device and your office network or the cloud okay. in some cases yep. so that even if a hacker were in the network that traffic is all encrypted and it's not something they can pick apart and see because it's all encrypted end to end okay um alternatively and what we're seeing a big trend toward and it it does require some level of sophistication and certainly probably a, at least a mid-size if not large organization is we set up a virtual desktop environment. Uh, we're going to give you more acronyms. It's acronym day here, folks. Uh, VDI, <laughs> right? Virtual desktop infrastructure. Um, so that is, no matter what, do, I can take any device I want, my phone, a tablet, my laptop, my home device, whatever, and I'm going to connect to a server in the cloud where my desktop actually is running. So just like we have virtual servers, we're going to have virtual desktops. My Windows 10 machine or my Windows 11 machine is running in the cloud now. And I'm going to attach to that Windows 11 device. And now when I attach to it, I'm not sending network traffic back and forth. I'm only sending screen data, the mouse clicks, the changes Uh in the screen itself. So therefore, we have completely barred that thing. You know, even if my home device gets completely infected, it's never going to touch that thing because I'm only sending screen data back and forth and mouse clicks and things like that. Maybe sound. Um, so virtual desktops are, and banks have been doing this forever. You know, other secure environments have been doing this for a long time. But uh, as the price of cloud computing has gone down, we're seeing now a trend toward moving to that. It's much easier to do. It works great in a work from home environment. People can grab any device they want. Like I said, their tablet, their iPad, whatever they want to use and connect to this device that's now in the cloud and properly secured by the organization. I think it's really interesting. So I did not know this. I, I I never realized that the VDI environment is so you're no no real data is going back and forth, just images. Right. And it's probably harder for a computer system to grab that digital data because it's just images back and forth. Right. Just but from the data. user's perspective, they it, to them it's just like they're it's just like the regular operations operating system. 
Yeah, it, you know, they'll be it'll be a little sluggish compared to being directly on the device itself. How how sluggish? Um, you know, you click, you wait a second, you click, you wait a second. Um, okay. But it, it can be pretty close to real time. It, it for most users, it's probably not going to be terribly noticeable. For your power users, going to be like, oh, I had to, you know, I had to wait a second for it to show up. But it, you know, wherever your where your server is in the cloud, things are still measured in milliseconds, regardless of how far away it is. So right, right. You know, less than a, a second typically. So it's it's not too noticeable. I just want to set the set the proper you know expectations oh, yeah. here. That's good. Is so our producer is is uh, is Morgan Wood. She would notice it. She I could I totally see this. You know, we have a <laughs> weekly meeting and she's like, I'm just gonna tell you it is slow, slow, slow. And it, you know, and for users that are like you say, those power users, they're working so many things. Right. You know, it could be it's just something to know, you know, for your average users, it's great. But if you have a power user, maybe you put them on a VPN, because that's probably is the VPN actually faster? Because I've seen when I do a VPN on my computer, I do see that can slow down a little bit. So, as a level or degrees yeah. of slowness, so something <laughs> is very very technical language here. Right. That a, a a VPN is it faster than a VDI? Um, typically not. So. Yeah. One thing is I'm going to click, I'm going to see the I'm screen changes. This, I love it. Right. No, 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 you're good. I love these <laughs> questions. It's great. And these are questions everyone's going to be asking. So this is perfect. Right. So in, in that virtual desktop environment, I'm going to click on something and it's going to take a half a second before that, that thing interacts with me. The screen change appears on my screen. Right. In a VPN environment, I'm clicking on things that are actually on my screen. So I get I get real-time feedback. Now the connection has to go across the internet to this across this encrypted connection to the server, make the change, and come back onto my machine. And I see the change. So loading files, that kind of thing, will be slightly longer in a VPN environment, but the the click interactions will be more real-time that we're like we're used to. I got it. Does that answer okay. your question? Okay. No, I think so. That's great. Absolutely. Right. That's uh that that does a lot. I am um I love VPNs. Um I, I, I love it on my phone or my iPad when I am um when I'm at the, a, a, a coffee shop or something Smart. like that just Thank to you. secure yeah, because yeah, I, I do remember an example many years ago. This and I don't know if this is true or not, that you go into a coffee shop and somebody sets up they could do some software and that software can monitor all the data going across the network there at that coffee shop and they could just record it. You know, they're not watching, but then they get back home and they start looking through those data. It's like, oh, there's Mark's password for his email program because it had to send it while it was pulling email. And, right. and my favorite, I love the email password question. So do you know the password to your email? Well, nobody does because you plug it in once you forget it. <laughs> but, right. but through that, if you're not on a VPN, people can record that and then get access to your email and they can do whatever. I mean, there's so much information that we share on email today. It's actually scary. Oh, dude, I got a question for you. This is not. <laughs> do it. I get a text three times a week, four times a week, maybe uh, five times yes. a week. And the text says, the text says, hey, thanks for paying your AT&T bill. Yep. Um, click here for a special thank you. Well, I am not with AT&T. Right, right. <laughs> right? Yep. And so, you know, I look at the text and there's a URL and they want me to click it. What are they doing? What are they trying to do to my phone by clicking that? They're trying to get you to click on a program that will give them access to it. 
So they could use my phone to do whatever. See what's on my phone, monitor my phone. I, I've heard the CIA do this, to have, have done this to uh, their targets, right? They yeah. somehow get them to click a link and then they can watch everything on their phone. So ultimately, right. I mean, that's what could be happening. They're seeing everything on my phone. That's pretty scary. That is pretty scary. It's a little more sophisticated to take a little, you know, you'd have to accept the permission changes nowadays because it's like um, Apple changed okay. it so that in any app you install has to list the permissions it's going to require and then you have to hit accept. But most people aren't going to bother reading that. They're just going to go, okay, and then click accept. Whatever. Well, yeah. yeah in which I mean, case, it, it, yeah, full permissions. It's it's amazing to me how many scams are out there. It's amazing to me that I still get that email from my long lost uncle who lives on the tip of Saudi Arabia, who who's I didn't know this, but they're going to give me millions of dollars. Right. I I'm amazed that people can fall for that. People don't fall for that. You don't no. have a long lost uncle on the tip of Africa or the tip of, for that matter, California that wants to give you a million dollars. Oh, come on. Yeah, this I read a statistic. Two out of about a million people will actually click on those things. And that's all they need, right? That's all it said. Oh, take one time, you know, you make ten thousand off somebody. Boy, you just paid for all those spam messages you just sent. So unfortunately. Now, here's the flip side. And this okay. is a true story. A woman in Michigan. This happened I heard this on the news just yesterday. A woman in Michigan bought a lottery ticket on her computer. And she got an email saying that she won $3 million. The email went to her spam folder. Oh, She's going through her spam folder. She sees it and she's like, what? And it's legit. So the point is, if you get an email, number one, and and I may be stealing your thunder. If you, if this, this is so important. If you get an email from someone and it looks suspicious, the number one way you can tell if it is suspicious is look at the URL of the email, right? So if James sends me an email and it says, and, and it says, Mark, you know, I, I want to give you a million dollars for being on your podcast today. And it says james.fair.lovelyevents.com. Well, that's not James. It's going to be jamesfair at execute. Excuse me, executech.com, right? <laughs> right. It's got to, and you know, here's the thing check the URL. You can always go in and type in executech.com, see if it takes you to a place. That's the number one thing that just, just check those. Oh, it drives me crazy. It makes my heart beat faster yeah. because I have a mother. She's on the internet. She's a lovely lady. She's very smart. It's, she's going to click on one of these things and it's going to, and God yep. knows what's what next. And there goes my inheritance. Yeah. That's not my focus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a family member who fell for one of the gift card scams. She, she <sighs> did, she bought the cards and she did not quite give it to them. That's, that's where she's, but it was a, a call from Amazon to say, Hey, you're, you didn't, we didn't get your payment. You need to make this payment. And then it was on to gift cards. And, and that was when it finally, the red flag finally went off. Um, but yeah, it can happen to anybody, unfortunately. And they're, they're preying on the, elder, the elderly who are not technically savvy. It's uh, just amazing. Security, you know, here's the thing. And it's, and it's easy to discount that the internet can hurt us because it, we're so comfortable with it. It's right in our home. It's, you know, here I am. I'm in my office in the basement of my home. Well, I'm safe. Nobody's going to come in and point a gun to my head and say, give me your money. Well, they could on the internet. And so right. we always need to be aware of those things. Well, James, this has been great. Uh, you've shared some awesome information today. I love all the specific stuff that you've shared. 
where can people track you down? And, and so what kind of people do you want reaching out to you, right? You know, what is it that you solve and where can they find you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm happy to answer any questions, first of all. So uh, any cybersecurity related questions, I want to help organizations, people be more secure. So ask away. Easiest way to reach me is executech.com slash cast, C-A-S-T. We set up a special website just for uh, programs like this. Awesome. Well, that is sweet. Well, there it is on the screen, folks. Please reach out to James. You can see, and you know what, here's, I totally 100% believe in the tip of the iceberg theory. Is it a theory? It's not a theory, is it? Um, that, you know, we scratched the surface. So you got to see the tip of the iceberg. James has so much more information that he could share and help you with. So please reach out to him. You can see that he's easy to talk to. He knows how to put things in a perspective that it's easy for us neophytes to understand. So uh, be sure you reach out to him. James, thank you so much for joining us today. You are a great guest. It's been my sincere pleasure, Mark. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your mission. Thanks for what you do out there, man. Oh, you bet, man. Thank you. So, folks, we love that you're here watching another episode of How's Your ePresence. Our website, our company website, ePresence.me. That's ePresence.me because it's all about you. What do we do at ePresence? We help you with social media. If you're a company, if you're an individual, we help you. We get you active. We can take care of all the stuff on social because some of you don't have the technology background where it's easy or you just don't have the time. Whatever your challenge is on social or it's just not working for you, give us a buzz. We can help you. If you don't want us to do it for you, that's cool. We have a consulting service. We also have training. So we can help you in a number of different ways. If you would like to take advantage of our offerings just by being a listener slash watcher of our show, you can go to the link that's going to be on the screen here, e-pr.me slash listener. So e-pr is short for e-presence, e-pr.me slash listener. Click there. We'll give you a 5% discount just by watching the show. Hey, that cool. Another reason why you should watch this show. How's Your Represence is everywhere. We are on YouTube. Uh, I, I got my, my icons here. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. So great that they're all right there on the screen because we're so many places. It's easy to keep us uh, keep track wherever you're watching. Please subscribe. Please follow our site there because that way you'll know when we go live and you can join the show. If you're a podcast listener, we drop all of our shows as a podcast. Just go to our website, epresence.me slash podcast, and you can find all the places. There it is on the screen. All the places that we drop our content. And honestly, it's everywhere. If you see a, a, a podcast site that we're not on, let me know. You can shut us a message right on our website. We, there's a communications tab there. We'll go in and jump on that site also. This show is produced by Morgan Wood. We love all the work that Morgan does for us. And not only does she produce this show, she also handles a number of our clients and does a lot of strategy sessions for ePresence as a whole. So we appreciate the work that she does. Until next time, for my guest, James Fair, I am Mark Galvin, and this has been How's Your ePresence? presence